0: Hey!
1: show everyone my name is jonathan Peckus. uh with me as always ryan Burke and alex mackley i hope you guys are having a wonderful wonderful time um what what a week it's been right you know politically like man you know a lot of crazy stuff happening before thanksgiving they have they planned a whole parade for it uh and they, it we'll talk about parades later uh thanksgiving parades fantastic man one of my one of my favorite Marge lines that just pops into my head every so often is, uh, Kids, look! It's Funky Winker Bean! Over here, Funky!
2: <laughs> I'm pretty partial to getting, like, candy pelted at me that I get to collect off the ground, like... Something about it just satisfies something in me. That I'm not quite sure where it comes from. Every kid loves yeah. ground
1: I think you would of all people would enjoy ground candy. Like you know how people say I do. Well I love so and so, so just favorite. as much as the next it's guy. One of the,
2: it's the only time that I do not look, get looked down for like collecting ground candy. It's actually like socially acceptable that day. Every day other than the other day you do it, people look at you like why are you just grabbing candy off the ground? You're like, What well, if was a parade, you wouldn't be thinking
3: about it twice. Like the original ground score.
2: Yeah, exactly. Teaching kids
1: while they're young. Actually, that'd be fantastic. Have a little children music festival and just drop like little Tootsie Rolls all over the place. So like, I hey, kids, watch out for them ground scores. And then, you know, once they get like 10 or 12, you bring like 15 of them to a real music festival and you give them all headlamps. you would be like, go, my children, go, collect, <laughs> collect, collect, bring everything back. <laughs> if I see dilated pupils, you're all going to be locked in a tent.
3: <laughs> uh no dignity no no dignity just like the episode you're talking about yeah there's it was, okay uh, it so was homer versus dignity
1: uh, yeah let's get down about. to uh brass text here so <laughs> last month we did uh far too much holiday content uh we did four episodes on halloween stuffs and now we're doing you know it's thanksgiving coming up we have or maybe it just passed. I'm not sure. Uh, and then, you know, after this, we got Christmas. This is like, you know, the holiday season, so to say. And there's also many other holidays. Uh, and The Simpsons has been around uh, so long that it's like, how have they not done at least an episode for each holiday? So you think, of course, you know, Treehouse Horror, they've had, what, 32 seasons by now? So
3: yeah.
1: or are they on season 33?
3: I believe they're on 33.
1: Okay, so they've had 32 Treehouse of Horror episodes, so those would be your Halloween episodes. Then they've had, I mean, what, lots of Christmas episodes? I mean, at least, what, 18 maybe? I mean, my my sources here are telling me 18. I mean, there's a top 10 of best Christmas episodes, so that means they have at least 10.
3: Well, they started with a Christmas episode.
1: Yeah, it was their, fir- their yeah. first episode. Yeah.
3: The first one ever. So Santa's a little helper.
1: So it looks like, yeah. they- oh, actually, it looks like they have 23 Christmas episodes. Now, that may be, and we'll get into this later when we start talking about Thanksgiving stuff. That may honestly be, you know, there's 23 Christmas quote unquote episodes, or it's just like there's 23 episodes where Christmas popped up at some point. I believe there's one episode where Gil came to live with the Christmas family. <laughs> the Simpsons family during Christmas. The Simpsons family. No, no, no. So there, it was this, he went to go stay with the Simpsons family and he overstayed his welcome and he was there throughout multiple holidays. So I wonder if that episode will pop up on each one of the holiday ones because you know how the internet likes to be very specific. You know, they're like, hey, I don't mean to split hairs, but someone has to make this rabbit soup or else we're not going to have anything to eat for the holidays. <laughs> what? see look that that noticeably went over ryan's head unnoticeably went over mackley's head because i'm not even sure if he's looking at the camera or has the headphones plugged into the right slot (laughs) We'll, we'll let the fans break that one down all right so back to the holidays so we have christmas uh we have uh valentine's day episodes you know the choo choo choose me or choose you episode we have is there any fourth of july you can think of I mean, I'm sure the 4th of July comes up in episodes, right?
3: Yeah, I don't think there's anything that based it around. Maybe, maybe, maybe a grilling, maybe a pool episode. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. When Bart breaks his arm. I don't know when that was. No,
1: based that was he. Wait, unless you're thinking of a different episode. Are you talking about when he broke his leg and he had the pool?
3: Yes, broke his legs. Yeah, and
1: he's like, Millhouse, my loyal friend, you'll sign my cast. And he signs Millpool and runs into the pool. Um, you know, I don't know. Say a little sidebar here. So whenever I think of like a 4th of July episode or like a 4th of July scene in something, my brain always goes to the Sandlot. When the, the 4th of July was the one year they could play baseball at night because all the fireworks lit up the sky. And that every time I think of a 4th of July media thing, like TV or anything, I always think of that. It's my first first go-to.
3: They did a good job then burning that in your brain. Nah, no, that is, that is very special, and pulls at the heartstrings. Yeah, and also it's like you
1: know how many fucking Christmas movies are there,
3: which is why they you know they probably did so many of these valent or not Valentine, sorry, these holiday episodes is because they had to relate to the audience. They're a family. Yeah, that's how they tie it back to quote unquote reality as an animation or a cartoon <laughs> and merchandise and- those
1: those Bart Simpson's uh Valentine's,
3: Valentine's
1: oh my brain is super fucking crosswired today uh those uh, Bart Simpson's uh Valentine's cards that say like uh eat my shorts and that's it it's like all right i guess that's a Valentine's Day card so we well, you, you made a good point so like uh, it it shows how they're a family and it's like you know that's kind of the dynamic they have and it seems like every holiday episode they have is never like man they had such a great christmas or boy wasn't uh, valentines day great for homer and marge no it's usually like it's real fucked up homer has no money uh the family fights during dinner uh homer forgets to get marge a present there's always some kind of turn Because it's it's family. It's realistic, or it's supposed to be making fun of the family.
3: That's exactly what I was gonna say. How many Thanksgivings have you looked forward to? Where you're like, oh yeah, I can't wait to see Aunt Judy and let her tell me how I'm doing terrible in life.
2: There was always a lot of food at my Thanksgiving, so food aside, food aside, yeah,
1: yeah. But it, it it seemed for me, it seemed to change with age. Like, when I was younger, I was like, ooh, can't wait to go get that big, fat-ass meal with all that good-ass food instead of this fucking Salisbury steak we've been eating. Like, that shit would hype me up. But now, as you get older, it's like, I gotta go fucking how many different places? There's four different places that want me to come see them for the holidays, and it's all on the same day. And And then you have to make something to bring sometimes, and just becomes, you know... A little bit more stressful and not so much like, yeah, I'm riding with my mom and dad. I'm about to get a fat ass plate of food. You know, also there was that, uh, there was that time. I think the, the best time of Thanksgiving was when you were still young enough to go with your family to your other families, but you were old enough to be smoking weed. (laughs) you still still ride with your mom and dad to your uncle or aunt's house
3: sneak in a beer
1: and then go out with the cousins for a walk (laughs) pop out with the cousins maybe sneak in a beer you know like that was the shit because you're like man i'm going to a big ass big ass dinner i didn't have to make shit i'm gonna be lit at the table i don't even
2: care if grandma looks at me all right, once they have us start making their drinks for them because they're too drunk to drink, do it themselves. Pour them heavy so they pass out soon so we can drink more. Go. <laughs> okay, okay, that's a, good, that's a good,
1: good, good good. chance to get into this. So is that, is that what your uh, family, would do? what, what, what does your family do for, or what did your family do for Thanksgiving, Mackley? What was your tradition?
2: That wasn't that wasn't Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was to come over to my house. Uh, my the big thing, the big joke with mine was the one time I was really uh, over anxious, and while my dad was trying to do grace, I just kept on like sneaking the rolls in and like eating them and like stuffing them in my face like a squirrel, and everyone started laughing, and then my dad would just start praying louder and louder as everyone just started to laugh more and more. But That's a great story.
1: You know what? Honestly, I'm- I feel like there should be a rule. If if you want to say, Grace, that's fine. But if it's lasting long enough for me to eat one roll, it's too long. I should be able to sneak a bite and then it should be like...
3: You need to, to make pull. that rule if you make the dinner. Whoever makes or it's dinner my house. makes the yeah. rule.
1: Yeah. Or it's my house.
3: No, yeah. whoever um, makes the dinner makes the rule. I fuck don't know, man. Have you oh, made you're saying
1: fuck, you're saying fuck
3: my house? Have you ever made a Thanksgiving dinner? It was not easy. Have you ever had people over to
1: your house that you were solely responsible for taking care of and cleaning?
3: Yes, most of my adult life. (laughs) In fact, all of my adult life. Since I moved out of my parents' house, I was responsible for everyone who came into my house.
1: You had big Thanksgivings at your house?
3: Yes. You don't remember? (laughs) No. You don't remember coming home and having uh mr Corey, our old roommate deep frying a turkey drunk as shit and we had to help him
1: oh that was fantastic but it's not like no no so like that's different than having uh 25 people over your house to have dinner and then like yeah the people that I've definitely like, oh, like, made
3: one as well yes
1: just because you brought the food doesn't mean like i run this shit now and be like nah you no, could have this shit I brought at your the house. Food,
3: prepared the food
1: Yeah, I still say it's my house.
3: All right. <laughs> All right. Agree, so no, disagree. So
1: no, well, <laughs> it goes along with the, what, was, what was your family tradition for uh, Thanksgiving, Ryan?
3: What it mine? Yeah. Um, oh, honestly, very similar to what you were joking about, Alex. You
1: were just trying to get your family drunk is what you're no, saying? No, I was
3: not. I was not. Oh. But, you know, i poured a lot of scotch for my aunts who drank a lot of scotch and played piano yeah
0: all right.
1: Our family tradition for Thanksgiving was we would always go over to my uncle's house, and then uh as we got older, my cousin was really good at cooking, so we'd always cook a bunch of really good shit and then when we got You've older had our moms
2: cooking that's why everyone that's why Thanksgiving was the come over to our house holiday every other holiday it was go out to someone someone else's in the family's, but Thanksgiving we were like, that's ours. <laughs> You come here for that.
1: We would, uh, once we got older, we would drink, uh, at like family parties, but it was always, uh, it was never like drink and get trashed. It was like drink and then like sheepishly go home. So that brings us to the topic of our fucking podcast, I guess, is the Simpsons, right? So the Simpsons had holidays, the things for every single fucking holiday you could think of. Now we're talking about Thanksgiving because it's, you know, appropriate. There's about five episodes that feature Thanksgiving. They're not necessarily specific, like Thanksgiving episodes. Well,
3: Bart first Thanksgiving is. The first one they did is.
1: I would say that's the closest one, yeah.
3: It's in the title. Come on.
1: So, okay. So I'll say Bart vs. Thanksgiving is the first one. We have Homer vs. Dignity, uh, which you could also say is a Christmas episode. But we'll get to that. Wait. No, actually, you couldn't. We'll also get to that. We're going to get to all of it. I'm just going to stop saying get to that. Yeah. Homer, why don't Mo, you stop getting to that? Uh, Homer the Moe. Just get to
2: already, man. Buddy.
1: Holidays of Future Past and, of course, the uh, ever-loved Thanksgiving of Horror. So... Bart vs. Thanksgiving, w- w- what do you got, Ryan? You, you watched it today?
3: Oh, <clears throat> yes, I did. It's, I mean, I didn't really have to watch it. It's kind of ingrained in the brain. That's a classic one. Ingrained
1: in the brain. Ingrained, ingrained in the membrane. membrane.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that yeah.
1: one was a bit of a classic one. I didn't remember it as well as some other episodes. That's but- the
3: one where Bart throws Lisa's centerpiece. The yeah. Fire. You know, well,
1: I I mean I, I I covered it today, but like while I was while I was researching today, I was like, I don't remember this one as much. It's it's like for me, it didn't have as many like, ah, I remember that line. That was from this episode. Oh shit, I don't remember. Um, but yeah, I mean they they the Bart and Lisa fight over the centerpiece that Lisa made. Um, it ends up getting fucking
3: yeeted into the fire pit. It's the typical Thanksgiving, you know, you have grandma over, the aunts, and it's just complete family chaos.
1: Yeah, and with that like that episode you realize Marge Marge's mom is a fucking cunt. <laughs> like she said something along the lines of, like, nice people. Oh, no, and it's crazy. It's like, you know, why is it this, like, it's like kind of Cinderella story of, like, the evil mom and sisters. And, like, Marge is like, she's great. She's she's very nice and could probably get along with anyone. But the mom says something along the lines of, like, my throat hurts from, my throat hurts from laryngitis. So I'll just say this. You never do anything Right.
3: That was a great impression.
1: It's like, I would say something nice, but
0: laryngitis. But,
3: that was a uh, good th- to to comment on what you just said. That might be a little uh, hidden secret between the writers, you know, in terms of like the two evil twin steps, or not stepsisters, but sisters with the evil mother and then this wonderful woman who gets. Whisked away by Homer Simpson, the knight in shining armor, you know. By an idiot.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can see a little uh, Cinderella kind of uh, parallel there. That's interesting to talk about. But also, like, so uh, when we covered Matt Groening, and you come to find out that a lot of the characters are named after family members that he had. And I mean, I think after we start to do more deep dives into voice actors and writers and even characters in the show themselves, I think we're going to start to see, is there anyone who it was based on? Because like, you know,
3: first Thanksgiving was just one of his Thanksgivings as a child. Well, I mean, no,
1: not even him, not even Grainings, but like, you know, maybe, you know, the, the, the characters were named after people in people's families these stories are coming from writers who are speaking from some sort of experience you know you have a thanksgiving and like you know unless you have like a fucking damn near perfect like saintly family you've probably gone to one thanksgiving or even just opened it up to all big family holiday parties one that was like pretty rough or uncomfortable or something shitty happened. Like, you know, you fought with your sibling or your grandma was being a cunt.
2: The bigger the family, the, the higher, the probability this has occurred. I've noticed that people that have small families, they can generally keep it pretty civil for like, as long as the gathering kind of lasts, the bigger, the family, the way there's, there's just too many different like points of probability that just, it's going to turn into something between somebody at some point, And you just know it. And, you know, with with some
1: parts of family, it can be the smallest thing that will, like, start the argument of the night and then just evolve into others. Now, this has never happened with my family, but there is one story that I think is funny in my family that would possibly, in different situations, evolve into, like, oh, here we fucking go, Thanksgiving, something had to happen, right? So my aunt, uh, she has this very specific... Uh, dinner plate, uh, dessert plate. like She has the same brand of all of her plates in the house. And it's like Fiesta Ware or something like that. Pretty old, pretty cool looking, nice plates. They're all different colors, right? And they're sets. Every, like all the dinner plates, one set of colors. All the the dessert plates, teacup plates, whatever, all one set of colors. One time in her life, she uh, gave someone one of the little dessert plates. It was the brown one. Gave it to him to go, saying, you bring that plate back. Person never did. I've heard that story about 15 times in my life. If I only had the brown plate of the dessert plate. And uh, it just sticks around, you know, like I would imagine if there was a Thanksgiving dinner where the person who had that plate was there.
3: You, you didn't get her another brown plate, bro?
1: See, here's the thing. I, I was going to say that. I, I already looked it up on eBay. It's, I'm going to make it happen because it's like, you know, it's like one thing in a whole set, you know, it ruins the whole set. And I've heard it throughout my whole life, ever since I was little. So it probably happened like twenty five years ago.
3: Someone took this plate, and you know it is burning a hole in her brain.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I like I asked her. I was go, go extinguish that fire. Be be a good kid. Well, no, I I asked her. I was like, I was like, hey, is this the one that you've lost? And I sent it to her, and it was Fiesta Ware brown plate. She's like, yeah, that's the one. I was like, is it the right size, though? Because there's like a four and three-quarter inch, there's a five and a half, and there's a six. Like, which one it is? And, like, she's not very tech-savvy, which I don't know why I whispered, because <laughs> she would never hear this shit anyway. <laughs> she's Maybe she not
3: tech-savvy. She ain't listening to the podcast, bro.
1: So, like, if I were to whisper, like, some people listening to the podcast, like, what did he just say? What, what did he whisper to them? I couldn't hear it.
2: She can't hear below this fucking
1: bandwidth. <laughs> uh, no, so I'm going to figure out exactly which plate, and then I'm going to uh, complete the set and then also call dibs on it.
3: All right. I'm going to bring us to our next episode. Homer vs. Dignity. You guys remember that Wait, one?
1: are we, are we going to go more into Bart first Thanksgiving or are we just going to mention that it was an episode that the Simpsons did at one point? Because uh, we me. only talked about how the Thanksgiving did.
2: I mean... So dinner, you know, the, 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 the family animosity culminates and the cornucopia getting thrown into the fireplace. We get uh, Bart running away from home because he Are told we going to
1: cover the Bart running away from home? Because he eh, does run away. He meets homeless people.
2: He's on the news. He's on the news for being homeless and realizes how miserable it is being homeless.
1: And then he goes back home because he's like, oh, this sucks. And then he just has like a, basically Bart has an anxiety attack before he gets into the house. And he has like a daydream kind of realization of like him walking in and everyone just screaming at him. You ruined Thanksgiving, blah, 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 blah. So he, Dips out. Well, not dips out, but he decides to uh, go on the roof.
2: And this is this is what the second season, right?
1: Uh, I believe so. It is the second season, yes. So this
2: is like right around the time of uh, Bart gets an F too. So this is when like Bart is still like a troublemaker, but they're like trying to humanize him, and he doesn't. He isn't just the comic relief head. Because like you've got the Bart gets the F, which is like you you see him really struggling with that. Uh this he one when he's
1: very emotional. When he's
2: worried about getting scapegoated for being uh for running away and ruining uh Thanksgiving, he gets all fucking anxious and has an anxiety attack. It's You're Right. This is when he's You're an right. apologetic bad person and not an unapologetic crazy person.
1: <laughs> well, no, I mean there is the part where Ken Brockman goes to the homeless shelter every Thanksgiving to get his like, you know, piece of his like, you know, I'm a here we are handing out food at the homeless shelter. And like the homeless people know to give good news interviews on that day, or else Ken Brockman won't want to go back next year and give him free food. So they're like, oh, yeah, this is great, blah, blah, blah. And then the camera turns around like, I
2: don't
1: But uh, so Bart is uh on the news, and Ken Brockman says, How long have you been on the streets? He says, Five years, Ken. He says, If you have any family that may be watching this right now, what would you like to tell them? He's like, ha, I didn't apologize. And then that was the end of it. But that, yeah. thats I feel like The Simpsons uh, can relate to all sorts of different deviantry and bad family meetings. All right, so what do you got? Homer versus Dignity. It's a very memorable episode for me. What about you guys?
3: Uh, yes, yes. And I believe, Alex, you remember this one because you've quoted it a few times. It's the one where Homer is Santa Claus and uh, ends up getting bullied the whole time by Mr. Burns.
1: That was a little... I I hate to cut you off and undermine what you just said. It was a little little backwards. Uh, The Santa Claus thing was the very, very end. I know. So he was struggling trying to get money, and Burns was taking advantage of him because he was bored. And uh, as the kids say, smitherless. I don't think the kids say that. But they could. Now they could, because I said it. You kids out there, start being like, hey, yo, I'm smitherless, dog. I'm free tonight. All right, sorry. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, so Homer, I don't, do you remember the very opening, opening of the episode? I know they had to go to a financial planner. Yeah. Not a consultant, but a planner. And it was very specific about that and uh it was lindsay nagel right no yeah no it was, it was lindsay nagel they go and basically she tells homer well this shows that you're too stupid to stick to a budget and he says uh-huh go ahead <laughs> so mr yeah. simpson you need to make more money I'm like well how am I going to do that and uh so then the next day at work or one of the next days at work, Homer is having
3: too many uh, lunch beers,
1: too many lunch beers. But that just <laughs> says that I've like, been told that
3: before. Too. <laughs> when he's like, hey, Homer, you're having uh, more lunch beers than normal. What's going on? And his response is uh, he has to ask for a raise or an, mm-hmm. uh, a paid internship. Trivia
1: question. Uh, what kind of raise does Homer Simpson ask for?
3: Ooh, I don't uh, know. I do not know that one. A whopping. Oh whopping.
1: Because uh, Mr. Burns is trying to get the snacks out of the vending machine, but because Smithers isn't there, because he's off doing his uh he's doing his Malibu Stacy play. And uh Mr. Burns is like, oh, vending machine, you made a strong enemy today. Cause he couldn't get the <laughs> snacks out of there. And then Homer Simpson comes up basically like gripping a non-existent hat in his hand. He's like, Oh sir, um, you know. Uh, I was wondering if I could, um, you know, maybe talk to you about a raise. They're like, who what kind of raise? Um, walloping or whopping? No, wapping. Wa- not walloping. Whopping. He said, like, you have 13 seconds to entertain me. And Homer starts going off, well, I've worked here a long time and my wife is sick and my kids are sick. And, you know, giving her this whole sob story. And he's like, no, I didn't ask for that. He's like, I'm bored. Entertain me. He's like, Throw this pudding cup at him. He's like, Lenny, he's a war hero. Right. <laughs>
0: I'm not supposed to get pudding in my eye.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then so he throws the pudding cup at Lenny. And then after that, like Homer starts to like, because he got money and he's like, Oh, throw another one. I'll get, make it a solid $8 instead of four. But then he throws a a pudding cup at Carl and Mr. Burns just completely changes his attitude. What are you doing? That's Carl. (laughs) (laughs) Like I didn't care that Lenny was a fucking war hero. <laughs> yeah, this episode is very memorable.
3: He becomes the prank monkey, yeah. essentially, yes. and slowly gets paid more and more
2: for losing more and more of his dignity to do more obscene pranks. Now,
1: I remember one of the ending pranks. Uh, do you remember what was after the the pudding?
2: Um, was that the baby on the floor? I believe it was. Yes. Baby in the public bathroom. Baby go boom boom. Yeah, and was it like a, like a
1: stadium bathroom? Yeah, game? like just like, like a yeah, normal bathroom.
2: Yeah, yeah. Sports. It was a sports stadium men's urinal type event.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, it is fair to bring up that this episode came out right about the time where South Park and all these other. "Quote unquote," more edgier shows started coming out, so I think that may have influenced the writing team, if not a little or a lot, to uh, be like, "Hey, we need to start, uh, you know, we need to start doing crazier stuff and more edgy stuff." Because what's the next prank
2: that is done? Is that the panda? Yes, it's the panda doing the, the Lindy hop. <laughs>
1: Uh, the the best is the when, a, to do. <laughs> when Mr. Bird is standing there and <laughs> just the joy in his face and he's like moving his hands. He's like, yes, one, two, Lindy, hop, there you go. <laughs> now, if it would have just ended there, I'd have been like, Oh, and Ling Ling, oh, you're not going anywhere. Mm. <laughs> it's actually a pretty good panda sound. Can you do that again? Mm. All right. Nice. Now, now stand up and do the Lindy Hop. <laughs> I'll do the Lindy Hop for you. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> so finally, at the um, the uh, topic theme part of this uh, episode, the Thanksgiving Parade. They go to the Thanksgiving Parade, or no? I'm sorry, we skipped a part. So uh, Homer gets like nine hundred and six dollars or something for being the panda and getting raped by a panda. Uh, And then Lisa sees him, and he's like, Lisa, did you see me? I was dancing. Everybody saw me dance. (laughs) And she's just like, oh, Dad, no. (laughs) So Lisa, of course, bleeding heart Lisa, says, Dad, you can't keep that money. You have to give it to someone who needs it. But the beginning of the episode was like, uh who needs money oh the simpsons need money give it to someone who needs it if i was homer i'd be like why the fuck do you think i've been doing all this you think i'm doing it for fun no we need the money lisa go go to your room you're grounded for being too socialist get out of here
2: you're grounded for being too socialist
1: (laughs) i'm glad that's not a thing that ever happened to me (laughs) no i don't even think that's the right terminology to use but I mean, so, okay, so he goes to this store, he goes to Costington's, and he says, I want to buy all these toys and give them away to children in need. So the guy says, uh, you are the same size as Chris Kringle. being the parade.
3: Is this, is this enough cash? Yes. Yes. Let me call my, my boss. Mr.
1: Costington, we have a big news. No. No. and no. 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 Yes. yes. It <laughs> I don't, it's not this episode where it happens. I think it's when that guy's at the restaurant. He's like, no, "Hey, why do you it. talk like?" No, it is. Oh, it is this episode. Why do you talk like that? I had a stroke. <laughs> no, that was because he was at a restaurant in that episode.
0: That's yeah. yeah. true. Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh. All right. So yeah. So he. So Homer buys all these toys. They uh, get them to be Santa Claus at the Thanksgiving parade, which is that if they, is Santa Claus at the Thanksgiving parade?
2: There's a lot of characters at the Thanksgiving day parade. Well, no, I mean,
1: I know they have like all the balloons and stuff, but is it normal for like Santa Claus to have like the Macy's day parade in New York, the Thanksgiving day parade. Is it normal for Santa Claus to be there? Mm-hmm. Cause if it is like, I believe so. That's a real big, like childhood plot hole. Like how you'd be like, well, Santa Claus is in the North Pole making all your toys. What the fuck is he doing in New York in the Macy's Day Parade throwing toys? It's the Macy's Day
2: Parade. You take a day out. He can he can make it around the world in a day on his sleigh. He can make it to the same Macy's.
1: Why does Santa Claus only go to a parade in New York? Are we not good enough for Santa Claus? Why isn't do Santa we... Claus making the rounds?
3: How do we know that he's
1: not? Childhood plot holes.
3: No, you see, you're just uh, you're you're using your memory of just Macy's Day's Parade, like Alex Man. has said. What do you doing? Santa about? can be everywhere at every parade. Just Macy's is the one you're referring yeah, to. Yeah, probably
1: as a kid. Also, I didn't watch the Macy's Day Parade. And probably... how many mall Santas are there, dog? Yeah, but it, well, okay. As a kid, you as a kid as a kid you as a kid you only go to one mall. Like as a kid, if I went to two different malls to see two different Santa Claus, like, so say like, uh, say like I'm, uh, five or six and my parents bring me to the Joliet mall to see the mall of Santa, take a nice picture, or whatever. Then like, uh, one of my aunts or like someone like that takes me out. We go to a different mall to go see a different Santa Claus, Well, I'd probably just easily be convinced, oh, it's the same Santa. I just want to get you a new picture. i like, oh, okay. Um. Um, Auntie Lady, I don't uh Auntie Lady, I don't think the Santa Claus is the same. Well, why is that, Johnny? Well, this one grabbed me on my bum bum, and the last one was actually quite nice. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> Alright, so 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 Homer becomes Santa Claus, not the weird one, and starts to throw these presents out. But then all of a sudden. Prepare, Simpson. You're about to be aborted. <laughs> Wait, aborted? Boor- no, aborted. Yeah, I was going to say, I
1: think you're. Boy, oh, yeah, you're about to be boarded is different than coming up and be like, all right, Simpson, prepare to be aborted.
3: <laughs> <laughs> prepare to be boarded.
1: Yeah, so all of a sudden, Mr. Burns just has a parade float, pulls up next to another parade float. Real fucking likely Simpsons writers. <laughs> Not like it's a cartoon or anything, Simpsons writers.
3: <laughs> I mean, if you sped up, you could. They just choose to be in a line. That's what makes it a parade.
1: I mean, to be fair, if, if like, well, maybe it's different. No, because they drive, they drive right in the center of the road. You couldn't put another one next to it. You'd be running into the kids in the crowd. You'd be running over all the ground tootsie rolls that little Mackleys are trying to find.
2: I don't think Mr. Burns has a problem with that.
1: So he pulls up. He gives Homer the option of, uh, you know, throw fish guts at these kids instead. And he's like, I can't do that. I'm Santa. And he's like, one million dollars. And then...
3: That's a lot of money.
1: Yeah. And then it cuts, right? And then you found out it was Mr. Burns all along. But here's the thing. Here's, if Mr. Burns got just as much enjoyment out of doing it himself, why is he paying Homer to do Or well, Maybe it's probably just a little bit more enjoyable to get someone else to do nasty things
3: yeah I think that's a comment on millionaires with their money
1: yeah i mean if there's any millionaires that listen to this podcast uh I'll do some fucking freakish ass shit for ten k <laughs> i will go i will go to a public mall and i will uh i will i will make a bodysuit out of jello and then I will slather other people with mayonnaise in the mall give me twenty five k for a couple hours.
3: So, what are you saying is he has learned absolutely nothing from Homer versus dignity
1: no what ha- what what happened was is I understand the value I understand the value of a fucking dollar is what I understand. You want me to make an ass of myself in front of people for enough money that I could go buy a house in a different state? I don't give a fuck about these people. I go forty five minutes south of here. I don't know them. I'll never see them again. I could care less about what they think of me. Give me the money. Let me go get a house with a basement. That's it.
3: Relocate yourself.
1: Yeah. And even, even, okay, even if I move next door with a nice house, they'd be like, hey, you're that guy that slathered mayonnaise on me at the (laughs) mall. I'd be like, how's it going, Hank Hill? My name's Johnny. What's up? You gonna try and fight me or something? Because like, I got enough money to take your ass to court now. So, Hey, look, it's working, guys. We we're back with the Doe Show. Uh, you listeners, if only you knew the ridiculous bullshit we uh, have to deal with in between every time we say, and we'll be right back. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not, technical difficulties are not fun. You know what's crazy to think about, though? Fucking 30, 40 years ago, technical difficulties were not even thought about unless you did a radio program which I guess this is kind of what we do. So it's been around forever. Well, welcome back to the Doe Show, guys. So we said as we left, uh, we finished up with our Homer vs. Dignity uh, Thanksgiving soiree. Now we're on to uh, a season 13 episode called Homer the Mo, And it could not be farther from Bart vs. Thanksgiving in terms of tone, but it definitely... Uh, has something about Thanksgiving. Well, it
3: starts with Bart. It starts with Bart digging that big-ass hole in the back for no reason whatsoever. At least it comes up. He's like, if you keep digging, you're eventually going to dig to China. Huh? And the
2: the Chinese spice satellites start following him and get suspicious of him. Why are you digging that hole? Why is it so big?
1: Did you know that that phrase right there, if you keep digging, you'll dig a hole to China, or just the phrase, dig a hole to China, is... Not only an American phrase, I think it was started as an American phrase, but I know people in Australia are pretty familiar with it. And it's like, okay, so if you were to dig a hole straight from the United States, you probably end up somewhere in China or around the air. But Australia? You dig a hole through Australia, where are you going to end up? It ain't going to be China.
0: It's gonna be probably. like,
1: <laughs> I'd imagine the ocean.
2: Somewhere in the Atlantic, probably.
1: Or like a Bart's Globe that uh, he had on his desk, but it was completely uh, wrapped as a present. And that was in a different episode that we covered. But Homer the Mo, it starts off that Homer is telling a story. And he's telling his story and he's at Moe's and he finishes the story. And Moe's like, hey, you with your stupid fucking... Dumbass fucking idiot fucking stories, you dumb piece of shit. Homer Simpson, I fucking hate you. That's what Mo says. And uh, he, I think he realizes this no tips in the tip jar. So whatever happens, he ends up going back to his old alma mater, which was what was the school called? Swigmar University. Do you know did they have a mascot? I don't know. I don't remember uh, a mascot. Because it'd be great to be like, yeah, Swigmore, go beer
3: cans. be a great one. But as he goes, he leaves Homer in charge. So Homer becomes Moe. And he becomes Moe. He's covering for Moe at Moe's.
1: At Moe's, yes. Yeah.
2: While well, is having like a trying to refine himself experience at his old mater.
1: And honestly, when he went back to his old school, it kind of seemed like he did find it because, you know, he walks on campus. He's like, oh, you know, I remember the good old days, blah, 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 like any fucking college educated person would do if they went back to their school. Oh, I remember going over there and sitting on that piece of grass. And I also remember eating food at the one place that they served food on campus. Oh, those were good days. But uh, so he goes, he walks into this class. And the the teacher professor is like, uh, so class, how much grenadine goes into a cosmopolitan? And the class is, oh, 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 and he walks in, big pants on, and he says, cranberry juice goes into cosmopolitan. And then the professor goes, oh, most is like you old something or other. I don't know. So then he talks to his old professor and the professor has uh, some nice words of wisdom. He says something like uh, a dirty home is a dirty soul or something like that. Basically tells Mo, like, if you're surrounded by trash and badness, your life is going to be trash and badness. Um, which I mean, how many of us can like, We're this is a, this is an audio podcast, but we're all watching each other on video right now. And like, and you can shut the fuck just, up is like, what you can do, him. Johnny. <laughs> like, uh, uh, I need to fix some things up around here. But no, uh, so that's when he goes back to Moe's. Uh, is it Moe's bar? Or is it ta- it's Tavern, right? Tavern. Um, yeah. It's, so he goes back to Moe's Tavern. And uh, over one night, he fixes it up. And Homer comes back and he sees that people are fixing up the bar. He thinks it's a bunch of teenagers. He ends up, like, hitting Mo in the head with a piece of wood. <laughs> He's like, "Mo, what are you doing destroying Mo's tavern? <laughs> so he fixes it into M's bar or whatever, and it's all fancy-schmancy.
2: Post-modern.
1: post Or
2: It has, like, the oxygen bar in it, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. And uh, so have you guys ever, like, not, I mean... Not necessarily been to an oxygen bar, but been to a place that has, like, an oxygen thing at it. Hell you ever done oxygen? I mean, honestly, have you?
2: No. I've, I've done a high-pressure oxygen chamber that I got a discount to a place for, like, an alternative medicine thing out here, because why not?
1: <laughs> there was a place that I went with, I believe it was uh, with friend of the show Leonard. We went to a place, it was a tattoo place, and they had like a little corner, what looked like a, like, you know, those little outdoor patio bars that people have? Yeah. It looked like that. It was tucked up against the corner, but there's a machine on it. It has these like, you know, hoses coming from it. And the guy's like, oh yeah, we uh, we bought a couple tanks of pure oxygen, and we offer this now. And I was like, well, what is it for? He's like, ah, it's great if you're hungover. If you're hungover, you just inhale a bunch of pure oxygen, you feel great. And uh, that's... Probably the same reason why they pump it into uh Vegas casinos and also and, have no clocks on the wall
2: and sports players on the sidelines yeah that's
3: it. i I can attest to that Vegas thing uh, the first time I went to Vegas it was very hot i don't know if that has a contributing factor, but we were drinking obviously all day, and when I walked into the casino, I was sober, and then i when I walked out of the casino. I had been smacked with a six pack and then a block later walked back into a casino and then the six pack disappeared. It was, it was like magic. (laughs) Is it really that powerful
1: though? I mean, that's crazy.
3: You should read about like the first, like
2: the first guy, like fractionalized air well enough to like get pure oxygen. And he, he swore by it and like tested it on the rats and it gave him a lot longer lifespan.
3: But like your makeshift oxygen bar. Homer went on to make a makeshift garage bar after being uh, kicked out of mo- or I'm sorry, M's. Kicked himself out of M's. You know how
1: what was it? The last episode we talked about, I was like, it's not so memorable. There's not a bunch of like really good lines that I remember, like, oh, that's from that episode. This episode in this part right here, one of my favorite scenes. Of The Simpsons and of Homer, and it's actually in the clip show we did with Leonard because this is what I thought was super funny. And I wanted to show it to him, so he gets thrown out of the bar and he lands and he goes, "Um, I believe I had a hat." And they throw a hat out to him and he puts it on his head and he goes, hee-hee-hee-hee, and he runs away with the hat suckers. that's not his. <laughs> yeah, suckers. <laughs> I think even if I was, like, completely obliterated wasted, would never remember a thing from the night, even if I was, like, half passed out and they threw me out of a bar, I feel like my, like, like lizard brain would just say out loud, I believe I had a hat. <laughs> just, oh, such a great... It's one of my favorites. It's not the most popular line, but it's definitely one of my favorites. So, yeah, like you were saying, he goes... Creates
2: the bar in in his garage. garage. He's had many a business out that garage. We've already covered the chiropractor. That
1: was out of the garage too, huh? Yeah. Yeah, as soon as you said that, I was like, well, he's had a lot of jobs, but I can't remember how many were just run straight out of the garage.
3: Then Mo finds that he no longer likes the crowd he has surrounded himself with. leaves his current bar in in disgust going oh, I miss my old friends stumbles upon the Simpson house where Homer, Carl and uh, Lenny are having a grand old time comes in and tries to shut him down so he, uh, he tries to shut him down and Homer proclaims that what that they're a hunting club.
1: <laughs> this isn't a bar, it's a hunting club. But also, wasn't that the same scene when R.E.M. is playing inside his bar?
3: Yeah, The real R.E.M.?
1: Yeah, and is like, hey, Homer, how'd you get R.E.M. to play?
3: They think they're saving a rainforest.
1: Moe comes in, sees R.E.M. playing at Homer's bar. Uh, Homer and Lenny and Carl, and I would imagine at least one or two more bar flies. Barney's gotta be there. Yeah, Barney's there, I think. Mo comes in and he's like, Oh, you can't do this. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, Oh, it's a hunting club. So then all of a sudden, Mo forces them all to go hunting. And then, uh, like, going hunting wasn't enough. Uh, Mo, like, almost demanded that Homer, like, killed an animal while hunting, which is like, that's like having a fishing club and be like, Well, if you don't catch any fish, we're going to arrest you because
3: you, you're not a real you're club. You're not a fishing
1: club. Yeah. Like, it, it's not, it's, well, if it's called a hunting club, then you just have to go hunting. But if it's called like a, a, a dead animal for food collecting club, then that means you have to like have a confirmed kill before you leave or else your club is invalid.
3: It's all part of the show, baby.
1: <laughs> it's all part of the show. Yes. Well, uh, do I have to... To kill the deer? Yes! <laughs> well, uh, I'm not really that hungry. No, I can't say anything else in the Yes!
0: It doesn't matter!
1: Okay, so Homer goes, they go hunting, blah, 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 blah. Other things happen. And then, uh, you know, everything goes back to the status quo. Mo goes back to being the normal. Mo bartender. Everything result, uh, uh defaults because he to got shot in study. the leg
3: three times. He got shot. Yeah, in Homer the shot leg him three times. Um, oh, no, I don't know about three times. Ah, oh, my leg. And then Homer goes, "I got that cougar in the leg." Ah, uh, yeah, yeah,
1: you can, yeah, 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 <laughs> because. Uh, uh, Mo didn't want them to kill anything and be like a real hunting club, so he used a cougar call when they're trying to catch turkeys. And then
3: because Lisa was not feeling the killing of animals, so she intervened.
1: Of course, they had to if Lisa come in and say something.
0: That's not so nice.
1: But... So well, they ended the...
3: up not killing a turkey. And then they went back to Mo's Tavern and had a great Thanksgiving dinner with Mo and REM, with a completely tofu uh, turkey. It was um, no meat involved. To- turkey. That so sounds turkey. like the worst Thanksgiving ever. <laughs> you know what I have to say? I when I moved out here, in my I think third year, I had a Thanksgiving with a friend of mine who was a vegan. And, as was his girlfriend and entire family, and it was a pretty damn good thanksgiving
1: all right now was it was it was it was it good or was it pretty good was it good or was it ah that was actually pretty good would you would you would you would you go back would you go back to a vegan thanksgiving uh on your own fruition if you were invited yes Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm not I'm not against it. I've had a lot of good like vegan food. If it food is as prepared
3: well. properly. If you're a good host, like we were talking about earlier, and you know how to cook and you prepare a proper vegan or vegetarian Thanksgiving or meal, with yeah.
1: I've had the impossible burger. Tastes just like a burger. I do have a little bit against the whole vegan community with like if you're completely against eating animal products, why do you base all of your foods off of animal products? And it's like, well, we want to get people that are used to chicken into eating vegan. They're like, why do you like, if you're against killing and eating chickens, why would you call it vegan chicken? Why don't you call it vegan uh, meat?
2: Substitute? Here's, here's what the vegans should do. They should focus on just trying to convince people to like be like, hey, just don't eat meat twice a week. Meatless
1: That's
2: Sundays. Like a, a lot of people do that. Yeah. It's, it's like a 20, Yeah, like it's like a 23% decrease to the amount of like meat consumed. That's easy to do.
1: Just like there's a variety of Simpsons fan, there's a variety of vegan or people who just want to help the environment. There's the one Simpsons fan who thinks he's Bart Simpson, and he talks like Bart Simpson even though he's 45 years old and he's been on certain documentaries um but then there's also the simpsons fan who's like yeah simpsons are good man uh and i like them but uh if you don't like them it's like yeah it's whatever man i feel like uh so there's a, the reason i say that there's a bart or there's a simpsons documentary or it's a new the new vice documentary i haven't watched all of it but one of the people on there he's on one of the simpsons groups on facebook and uh he talks and walks and tries to live his life like he his like he is Bart Simpson. His Facebook name is Bart something else. Every message he sends or comment he sends is blah 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 blah. Uh signed Bart. And he says like, Hey, no worries,
0: man. Like it's, uh To me, it's a bit much, but like, hey, man, if that makes me happy. The side
3: tangent you're going on, but I'll ride this train with you. What kind of psychosis has to occur that you believe you are, in fact, a cartoon character created from somebody else's mind? Hold on. No, let me continue. This goes into a lot of futuristic talk, which can lead into our next episode.
1: Yes, it can. Now, this person I'm speaking of, I don't think they actually think they're Bart Simpson. I think that they have a lifelong, we'll call it an obsession with the idea of Bart Simpson and always wanting to be that person and like just making that your whole personality through life. Like, I'm talking to this person, red t shirt, shorts. Skateboard, blonde, spiky hair, 45, 50 years old.
3: I hope he feels like he's 12.
1: I hope he feels like he's Bart Simpson. I don't hope he feels like he's 12, because then you'll see him on Dateline. he would be like, <laughs> Bart Simpson tries to find his uh, uh gender, like hey, man, I wasn't trying to message a girl underage. I'm only 10 years old. And be like, yeah, tell it to the police, buddy.
3: Don't have a cow, man.
2: They're going to have you a cow in there. Don't worry about it, bud.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll eat your shorts. Just be at court.
3: So ending on that episode, our next one is... Holidays of future past, which they now, very, very vaguely touch upon. Thanksgiving, very vaguely, it's kind of the family is gathering for the holidays, but they are them future selves, which is quite interesting. Bart has two kids, which um, have no names, which have no names. Lisa has a daughter, Who which is has a
1: name, Zia.
3: I, Zia who is exactly like Bart.
1: A bit. A rebel in the sense.
3: A rebel in the sense.
1: Bart was never like that.
3: A new age rebel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the Simpsons tend to do, they nailed it on their predictions, I think, in my perspective. There's a scene where Snake is robbing the Quickie Mart. And Pooh's back there with all his children. And they're aimlessly shooting at each other. And his response is, We live in a cashless society. Why are you robbing us? There's no cash in the register. And I think that's a comment on, honestly, where we're headed, which is kind of interesting. A lot of this uh, chips and tap list payment, Apple Pay on your phone, or we're going into that realm of not having any cash. And I've heard from a lot of my customers that travel quite often um, that in a lot of parts in Europe, they've moved on to a cashless society. So I don't think it's something uh, that's not going to happen. That's a not not, in my opinion. We're headed there.
1: A cash cashless society?
3: Yeah. That was an interesting kind of prediction that I think they made.
1: Would would you say that we're heading there or we're like fifty to seventy-five percent already there?
3: That's kind of exactly what I just said. We're about seventy-five percent there with you know, Europe already at seventy-five percent there. I think we're 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 headed there as a as a world. And then they comment on Prince Henry, which I thought was pretty funny cuz not funny, that's a terrible way to put it. But the queen had just passed away, so there is a new kinship, which was quite interesting. I don't think they foresaw that coming, just a kind of state of the obvious. Wait, are
1: you talking about the episode i think you're talking about
3: yeah when they're We're in talk- the future
1: holidays of future past
3: yeah uh, they yeah, make they- a lot of a social commentary within this episode of where yeah, they totally. think the social standards and uh way of living is headed and some you of them are that, quite funny do you
1: think that's the that what that's what the joke is you think they're joking on where they think the world is heading or do you think they're joking at the way the world could head Cause, like, you know, you take like a future episode. You could be like, "Well, this is the way we think it might be in this time, but here's a way we can exaggerate it and make jokes about it."
3: Yes, but I think it was more or less a siren warning. You know, like we have discussed previous, they're all very educated Harvard people, so they have quite educated guesses in terms of where everything is headed, and I think that's where a lot of similarities or ties into them making predictions quote unquote come from you know they're just intelligent people people making intelligent thoughts and you know, predictions
1: true i can see that i mean i know a lot of uh quote unquote smart people that are real fucking dumb sometimes though. and
3: they're in but also they're in on the end you know what i'm saying there's a scene where uh um lisa tries to plug into the internet to save her daughter and she's running through the internet, the interweb, as, you know, a humanized person to give it some visual relevance. And she's looking for Google. And she, the quote is, uh, Google, you have enslaved half the world, but you're still a hell of a surf- search engine. And I just <laughs> died laughing when she said that.
1: I like the Google thing too, because like, uh, it's a really cool animation. It's really, uh, spot on. Like, you know, she starts to type into Google and as she types more and more doors appear before her, but then after she continues to type, it it like opens up to a million doors. And then as she continues to type, it starts to chop down, 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 then there's only so many. And like, that's a really good visual of Google. Because, like, the internet, like, being a real thing that you could go into has been a trope for a long time. I mean, tons of shows have done it. Chappelle's show did it. Uh, But, like, to have that vision of Google, like, infinitely opening and then slowly closing down the more you type, I thought was really chef's kiss
3: spot on. Um, I don't know if you caught it, but when she was, um, I think she was, like first entering the interweb, there's a big old kind of ad block that came in front of her. It was like these people would like to be your friends. And It was a very quick scroll, but if you pause it, it was it was the animators obviously did this very quickly. But it breaks down into like elementary school people, and then you see all the people from elementary school that are old. There's like Otto and the the uh, the music teacher, all wrinkly and stuff. Uh, oh, the really? Kids are in there? and then even further really? down it goes into high huh. school and then she goes to a college in at the or in the at the moon and then she goes to a college at the sun and like there're characters that you don't even obviously know and then right at the bottom i found it like the corner of my eye it said um uh places the simpsons have been mm-hmm. and it had yeah, go all to. the yeah, go to, and it had all the old characters like the judge from Australia, um, the queen yeah. from England, the yeah, it was all the characters from, from, from the go Australia well, or Brazil, but it's only
1: this specific like when they went to Australia, yeah, or went yeah, England, the went to is, went exactly, to yeah, yeah. And I, and I thought wow.
3: that was that was just like you said, a chef's, well, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: totally. Great also, wasn't there a, a thing Easter of there day. when? Like Lisa goes through like her college days or whatever, and she has like a bunch of different girlfriends. It's like an experimental stage <laughs> in her life, uh, and then she ends up with fucking Millhouse of all people. Yeah, so always
2: that. does. Always
1: does.
3: It's every time they end, go to the future, good. it's her and Millhouse.
1: <laughs> Everything's coming up Millhouse in the end, I guess.
3: Everything's Millhouse. Exactly. In the that's end. why he says it. Everything's coming up Millhouse. The the one scene that uh, claims hard to me is, or re- I remember very vividly, I guess, is when uh, Bart's speeding, and then he gets pulled over by Ralph, and then he get Ralph's like, "I'm a I've been cloned. Yeah, and it's the same voice too. Yep, yeah, and then he, you see him throughout the city, be uh, just doing all the random jobs as a clone, and. <laughs> Immediately my brain went Rick and Morty. Holy shit, Simpsons did it.
1: Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Well, was that this is season twenty three, right? So was Ooh, that before Rick and it Morty? Might, it
3: might have been from Rick and Morty. Alex, you're the you're the expert Rick and Morty. I'm not sure.
1: He's don't like, don't put that on me right now. If you're going to put that on me, he's like, tell me two days I've, ahead of time. I've been time. paying
2: attention to your... I've been avidly wrapped in the description of this episode because I have not seen this one, I don't think. Uh,
1: so. No, but okay, so so one thing about... Uh, so I know you guys uh, have not seen the newest, newest episodes of The Simpsons.
3: Hold on, let Correct. me wrap it back, though, To to wrap it back. Okay. And at least finish it. The finishing to bring it back to Thanksgiving, which I found very cool or interesting is um, Bart and future Lisa or future Bart and future Lisa. We're getting drunk in the treehouse together. Yeah. For Thanksgiving. Was that on Thanksgiving? On Thanksgiving.
1: So we talked about different holidays. We talked about how there's Christmas, there's Halloween. They have um, tons of different Valentine's episodes and Thanksgiving. All the episodes usually end up being one type of episode.
3: But this is the best monster mash.
1: A monster mash? What are you talking about?
3: They do a treehouse of thanks.
1: A Treehouse of Thanksgiving.
3: No, it's actually Thanksgiving of Horror. It's
1: Thanksgiving of Horror.
3: (laughs) But it is is based off upon the Treehouse of Horror uh, vignettes. So they use the same writing style. But uh, they make it more Thanksgiving style.
1: Yeah, it's a Thanksgiving theme. It seems like a Thanksgiving-themed treehouse. Which is nice to see because everyone loves the tree houses and also I'd like to hear if because everyone likes the tree houses because all of the writers and all of the people come together and they spend a whole year to make that one episode so I wonder if that's the same writing process they had for this episode and maybe that's why it's so good I don't know I I think After you're
3: so. watching it I would say so yes I would agree
1: and maybe agree. it's just like if you have you know three times as many people that are a part of writing and making the episode and you have a whole year to do it and you're doing three vignettes. Maybe that makes it a little bit easier to, you know, really get out a good idea, you know?
3: All right, let's get into the meet and greet of it. The meet and greet. So it opens with Marge bringing it back to the original Halloween. Uh, treehouse of horror episodes where she would in, uh introduce or or or, or um, not introduce but address the crowd or the viewers saying that this was an extra scary halloween but she says this has been an extra scary year for us but i thought that was a, a very cool uh callback for the writers to bring bring it back bring it back to yeah, the roots
1: bring back the uh, the red curtain opening with Marge Simpson coming out and be like, oh, "This is what we're doing," so maybe uh, be prepared for what we're doing. <laughs> but nobody ever listened. you We've only come been out and say for years. You you could come out and say, "Hey, this is an episode you might not want to have your children watch because uh, thirteen people are gonna get shot directly in the mouth with a shotgun," and people watching it be like, "Yeah, I'll, yeah, whatever. I'll take care of my kids the way I want to."
3: Or turkeys head chopped off, as they did in the first vignette.
1: Very, very brutal opening. Well, I mean, first vignette. It was called uh, a gobble, a gobble-lipto. And like you said, it was brutal. It was all of the. It starts with all the Simpsons uh, family, and they're all turkeys. And then, like, instead of, like, talking... As turkeys, they just gobble as turkeys. At at first, you'd be like, oh, my God, really? Is this like this is going to be so annoying? But really, it's like, you know, people enjoy mimes, right? You go on the street, you see a mime, and the mime isn't say anything, but it's like motioning things that's entertaining.
2: I love the mimes.
1: Hearing the Simpsons gobble in a certain way that it like just makes sense, it's entertaining. Uh, no. There was one part, I don't know if I'm getting too ahead of myself, but uh, it was uh, like Flanders turkey. It was like, gobble, 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 <laughs> gobble, gobble. And then Homer's just like, gobble, gobble, like stupid Flanders. And it just makes sense.
3: They had Dr. Uh, Hibbert gobbling. He had a little giggle before he gobbled.
1: Gobble, gobble, gobble. I, I, I was trying to do a Ooh. Dr. Hibbert laugh, but in gobble, and I can't do it.
3: Uh,
0: yeah, Dr. I'm
3: Frank. Gobble. gobble. <laughs> no, no, no. so you you were able to relate to it but they did a great job and honestly i think i may be wrong it's just a hypothesis but i think that may have been a little tie on when they got uh picked up from disney some of the disney writers like hey man you know you don't have to use words <laughs> to get your point across
1: it's like a life lesson as they, as they moved from like their normal studio into the like here you go, Nancy. Right over here. Here's your uh, office. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. For this first one, yeah, right I know you guys here. might not be
2: too happy, Dan, so we're not Dan even going to make I'm you right use words here. today.
1: Here's the thing, guys. Here at Disney, we don't always have to use
2: words.
3: You imagine that's great. Just gobble, tonality, gobble, tonality. <laughs> Just gobble what Homer's
2: heart says.
3: That's honestly,
1: that's actually a really good point. Like, so I've thought about, because I've loved doing the table reads with you guys, uh, I've only been able to find so many online. I've thought about writing letters or like, you know, Twitter posts or any way I can get in contact with anyone that has worked on The Simpsons in the last 30 years, because I know they probably have, tons and tons of different like uh scripts like i need to send that out and be like let me get the script for this thanksgiving of horror episode because i wouldn't be surprised if there was actually script in words for that but like in the description was like only in gobbles because like flanders comes in he's like basically he says like Heidley ho neighbor and homer goes stupid Flanders, but it's all in gobbles. But when you listen to it, you know exactly what is being said because the show has set that up, set that up for years before. So just the, the tone of their voice, you're like, I know what they're saying. So that's a, good, that's a good point. I wonder if that was just improv, here's the idea we're trying to get across, you do it, or if it was, this is what you're saying, but you're not saying it, you're gobbling.
3: Or they just had a really, really low budget that year like, I don't think y- the Simpsons y- could possibly ever have a low budget <laughs>
1: like the 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 four people that do the voices of The Simpsons family are the four top highest paid voice actors in existence, so I don't think there's a such thing as like a low budget for
3: The Simpsons. All right, so the, the quick synopsis, I guess, of the rest of this is after everybody is killed off by uh, Constable Wiggum, aka Chief Wiggum. Um, okay. Everyone runs around trying to protect the egg of Maggie Simpson. The Maggie egg? The Maggie egg. Maggie egg. And then uh, it's finally revealed to. The tradition of Thanksgiving. uh, Yeah, but don't forget that,
1: uh, I mean, uh, Wiggum gets uh, attacked by a bear, and the bear kills him. So, like, you know, it's a a Thanksgiving episode, but it is still, like, it's still of horror.
2: Wiggum gets mauled by a bear?
1: He gets mauled by a bear.
2: Turkey Wiggum gets mauled by a bear?
1: No, it's not Turkey Wiggum. It's Constable oh, right. Wiggum. Constable Wiggum was Constable Wiggum. Wiggum. He was one of the uh, hunters of the turkeys.
2: I
0: see. Okay, okay, okay.
3: And then we move on to our second vignette. The fourth he- Thursday after tomorrow. What do you mean? What I miss? No,
1: I was going to say, do you mean the fourth Thursday after tomorrow?
3: Uh, yes. Which is empirically, obviously, a, a, a parody from Black Mirror episodes and Smart House, which was an old school classic from Disney Old school Channel.
1: Disney classic, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, so this is definitely mainly a Black Mirror parody. Uh, but it just gives like people like us ties to that old Disney movie because we watched it growing up. Uh, but I I wouldn't be surprised if that Disney movie was based off of an old Twilight episode or Twilight Zone episode, and then that Black Mirror was- episode was based off of that Twilight Zone episode, and that's why we see the comparison. Yep. Uh, so I don't know about you guys, but did you guys ever watch uh, like grow up watching? Like, Looney Tunes kind of things. And yes. then have the Home of the Future episodes. This is the Home of the Future. And it had a robot arm that would come out and vacuum the carpet. Yeah. And it was, like, old school Home of the Future. So, like, the, the dinner table would flip out. And the dinner would show up on the table, and then um, a robotic arm would grab the cigar and light it for the man of the house. And the man would just sit there and puff on the cigar, as like you know, the egg rolled down the thing and cracked into the pan. Yeah, this is also very much like those episodes. Just to say that no one ever comes up with new ideas; they just they just build off the past.
3: Well, this one mm-hmm. they use they use something similar, like uh, an Alexa. Home invite, uh, internal device. Oh, yeah. Where your soul, where Marge's soul is sucked into. Or, no, a a clone of her soul. A clone of her
2: soul, yeah. Yeah, Soul Soul. clones. Ah, yes. Soul clones, of course. That's something I'm familiar with.
1: And the, the real problem with this was that the clone of Marge that was put into the robot was given all of Marge's feelings and memories and everything like that. So it's like, you're basically copying your wife and locking one up.
3: Now, in a previous episode, we have had a discussion about clone legalities. Now, what about clone soul real- or legalities? Where do we where do we draw the line on soul reality? <laughs> legality. Well, legality right. like, legality that's
2: things it, that we need to be talking about. But instead, the right? Supreme Court is going back on Roe v. Wade and just flip flopping on shit that was decided like fifty fucking years ago.
1: <laughs> I think clone legalities also-
2: there would have to be like
1: uh, if you're uh, like allowing your DNA to be cloned. There so, would have to be real thick paperwork to go through on that. So there's
2: there's this story that, like, the most recent iteration of it is, scientists grow little mini brains in Petri dish and teach them how to play Pong. The The actual story goes, scientists are slowly building pe- brains in Petri dishes, and people are saying, uh, you probably shouldn't do that. They're going to get smart. And they're like, they're not going to get smart. And then they got smart, and they're like, oh, no, these things are showing signs of cognition, what do we do? And they hooked it up to Pong and they just started playing Pong. So they're like, well, well, at least this little mini sentient brains we made are playing games. I guess they're having as good of a time. We should probably stop with that. <laughs> so
1: one thing I can say about uh, brains playing games or just games being played. So growing up, uh, we were not the arcade generation. We were not the 80s kids that would get quarters from our parents, go to the local arcade, pump quarters into machines to play these 16 or 8-bit games. That was us. We had video games.
3: Because those people that that went into those arcades and pumped quarters learned how to make those machines that we now play. Or make the
1: games. (laughs) So now... Growing up, even as a non-arcade 80s kid, a 90s kid, going to an arcade and you would see the game, which I think is worldwide, and everyone would know, Crazy Taxi. You know that game, right? Yeah, yes. So you go online and you find a copy of that game you can download onto your computer. The file size is like 17 mb whatever that is megabytes megabytes like that's like a it's sec- less very than it's a second of
2: download speed for most people it's, nowadays it's a
1: very small small in, in file but it has this huge game that we all grew up playing now do you think the human brain is smart enough
2: to run crazy taxi um you, have you played have you seen an uber driver do work before they're playing Crazy Taxi in real fucking life, dog. I'm talking about taking a human brain and
1: connecting it to a 17 Again, we do it, megabyte we do through, video
2: game. We do it, yes, very easily. We do yeah. it every day, right? Yeah, that's what driving is. we just We've got way bigger a, games. A
1: brain, connect a game to it, and then connect the brain to a TV, and then that's like... That is the next evolution of
2: humans. That's, uh, that's uh, yeah, that's currently being worked upon. You are not wrong.
3: All right, so they, from they, the they, Institute? They, they put Marge's brain into uh, it, uh, an Alexa. We'll the call Marge, Marge an Alexa. No, well, it's an Alexa. She's in a device to that is able to, to upload to the house.
1: And she also has the, the AI Marge has robot hands, and ways to make things around the house.
3: Yes, so she's connected to the house.
0: The
1: house and the whole so... reason. So so the whole reason that Homer set up this AI Marge is because he wanted Marge mm-hmm. to be able to relax and enjoy Thanksgiving dinner instead of being in the kitchen and cooking the dinner.
3: Like I was saying earlier, it's a pain in the ass to have people over for Thanksgiving. That's and rough. what a
1: nice like a what a nice present from like a husband to a wife. It's like ah, uh, you know, we've been together for thirty years, and you've made Thanksgiving dinner by yourself every single year. This one year, I'm gonna buy a robot copy of you to make dinner.
3: May I add thirty years, and you look. you haven't aged a year you haven't aged a bit in 30 (laughs) you still look exactly like you looked
1: when i fell in love with you enter female name here (laughs) i'm saying that for our for our listeners so they can take that and uh use
2: it that's a free
1: one Okay. If you uh so eventually we'll do a Patreon page, and if you pay five dollars, I'll give you all of my best pickup lines for the girl you already have. I was thinking about making a book of it was gonna be it's gonna be called Pickup Lines for the Girl You Already Have, but uh Amazon was fucking me around with the, the, the book deal, so
0: I decided to back out.
2: Fucking Amazon.
0: So the synapse of the whole episode
1: is I mean the synapse of the whole episode it it's a special Thanksgiving edition of Treehouse the Simpsons are forced to face various Thanksgiving nightmares uh deep space missions AI mishaps but in this the fourth Thursday after tomorrow which it's just a joke on Thanksgiving Day, you know? It's the fourth Thursday of the month.
0: After the, Halloween.
1: AI, the AI Marge is fighting or trying to combat against the real Marge.
2: That's why so you don't, the, you're not supposed uh, to give them bodies outside of yours, so they need to keep you around to have a sensory experience.
1: But the thing was is that this AI had all the same memories and like, that knowledge I know how to
2: keep it AI safe and happy or anything but
1: so they gave this uh or no so the AI was complaining about something so Marge and Homer turned it off for like a couple minutes or a couple hours but the way it works is like a couple minutes couple hours and this time was like years in like AI time and it gave the AI person just enough time to pick a plan to get out of the AI world so Uh, When they turned the AI back on, it uh, was talking to Maggie. And it was like, hey, I know how I can get you to help me. Uh, She had the memory audio file of Marge's heartbeat when Maggie was in the womb. And that was the thing that, like, won Maggie over. And that's how she could escape.
3: And Mm -hmm. how she escaped was by plugging into the internet.
1: Yes. And then running. Very all-trying. I mean, like, think about it. Like, if if any one of us needed to flee the country, uh, I'd feel like the closest opportunity would be the one you can walk or drive to. You go to Mexico.
0: Now, if you can flee
1: the area in Internet, that's unending.
0: Yeah.
1: Unending opportunities. You would never – how could you ever be chased
2: on the Internet? I'm becoming some ghost in some video game. Yeah. Uh, and then we Google never search. even programmed it in there, but he just comes in and kind of gives you guys honestly, sometimes. Honestly,
1: if you were in the internet and you were trying to hide from people, all you'd have to do is go to Google, type anything in, and then go to like the third page of the Google results. And no one ever goes there. Nobody.
0: Same fucking like if you're trying to hide in a Mickey library,
1: a go to the uh, the young adult nonfiction. No young adult is reading nonfiction books. You can hide there. Go to the internet and find a little niche that no one ever looks at. To hide like, in the internet would be the easiest thing.
3: Like how the AI hid in Etsy. Just kidding. <laughs>
1: No, they did hide in Etsy, right?
3: Yeah, but yeah. Etsy is not a small...
1: Well, maybe niche. it was at the time. Maybe that's why they made that comment. Like, you know, obviously they chose Etsy to be the thing. But, I mean, Etsy is... Even though it's, like, you know, semi-big and people know about it, like, if you're one person on Etsy, like, you'll you're not going to stand out. You're not going to be found you just post something on Etsy, maybe that's the, the comment they were trying to make. It's like, oh, it's easy to hide in Etsy because there's billions of people on here. And no one's going to look at your page.
0: I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know.
3: On to the last Thanksgiving. The, the last vignette. Or the fourth Thursday after tomorrow. You know, well, we're on the last Thanksgiving, which I have not seen the Blob. I've seen Alien, but I've never seen Life. So this is I've a weird mix of like existential space horror uh, sources. Sources,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, like think about it. Like growing up watching the Treehouse episodes, I didn't know what those episodes were. Parodying. I didn't know the story behind like if, when I watched those episodes I was like, "Oh, this is really awesome funny idea." And as you grow older you're like, "Oh, that was just something else." And they were just like playing off of it. It's still good and funny, uh, but you see it in a different way. And this is no different. Uh, it was you know, like you said, Alien and the movie Life, which I've never seen. But, I mean, like, if you, if you enjoy uh, sci-fi, like, you've seen this story. You've heard this story. You're not unfamiliar, f- eh, unfamiliar with this kind of idea.
3: When I was watching it, I got a very strong uh, kind of Matrix vibe from it. Really? In terms of being in a different realm. I guess.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, for sure.
3: But yeah, I don't know. That one didn't string uh strike a, a very hard chord with me when I was. I would agree. Yeah, it, it didn't
1: really like. Uh, it didn't stick with me as well as the other ones. I mean, they're like on a spaceship years after earth was destroyed uh and then the kids are woken up from their whatever deep sleep to do some work before their parents wake up which i think is just really rude if you're gonna like cryogenically freeze a bunch of people or like you know do whatever like don't wake the kids up and be like, well, you guys got to make sure the rooms are nice for your parents and how your parents are. Personally, as a
2: parent, I would definitely want some time awake from cryo sleep before my kids are awake, you know what I'm saying? Right, it should be opposite. It should be all the
1: parents were woke up and be like, hey, uh, you guys got, uh, let's look at the clock here, you guys got a good 13 hours until all the kids are woken up. Also, you guys have a new baby that
2: you guys weren't aware of. (laughs) Shit, actually, like, okay, we also got to put you guys on some rations because we've about nine months behind on food for some reason.
1: (laughs) Shit. I mean, I feel like if there was like a cryogenically frozen situation and you like opened up the, the parents earlier and you're like, Hey, it's, uh, you know, like uh, if you go to a pool, it'd be like, Oh, it's adult swim. Uh, This would be like, Oh, it's adult uh, existence. So You guys got three days until your kids wake up. And they're like, oh, fuck yeah, let's go. Partying. Someone was like, well, I brought a bunch of drugs for this reason. Can't give no drugs to kids. We
2: got to make sure they're all
0: gone now before they wake up. So they're on this uh, ship. They wake up before their parents.
1: And uh, Millhouse tries to create a Thanksgiving dinner. But they're only able to find just one can of cranberry sauce.
3: And that's the tie to Thanksgiving.
1: Yep. And it's like, uh, so they open this like uh, machine. It's like a matter replicator. And when they open it, uh, Professor Frink is like, (laughs) Wow! Wow! Don't use it on any in-organic matter. Basically saying, don't use it on any living things or living things. You could use it on plates, plastic. Say you've got a nice cup in your hand, you throw it in the machine, you could make a new cup. But you can't just make new food. And so as he's explaining it, Bart just skips through the ad. And then the last line. In the ad. Yeah, the last line that's heard after he skips through it is like, and
0: the living will envy the dead. <laughs> and then they just move on.
3: And then he makes a crazy monster. Out of what? Cranberries. Oh. Meat bones and uh, gelatin.
1: Cranberries. No, cranberry. Alex had it. Cranberry. Cranberry um, sauce was made into a monster.
3: It Cranberry sauce is quite monstrous. The monster kills every child except Bard, Lisa, Milhouse, and Martin. But side note this is the last
2: episode that Martin, uh, the main voice actor, is in, and then they pass away. Good call. Actually, yeah. Uh, uh, Actually, really
1: good call. That's totally right. Uh, Do you know the lady's name?
2: Uh, I can't remember, no.
1: Yeah, this was the last episode that so-and-so did, uh, being the voice of Martin and a lot of other uh, school kids. Obviously not Bart. But after she died, then uh, the voice of Bart started doing the voice of Martin okay, so let's talk about that then. Say I'm the voice of character A. Ryan's the voice of character B. Mackley, you're the voice of character C. Now, Mackley, you uh, get absolutely demolished by a bus walking across the street, and you're dead. Dead as a doornail, smashed to pieces, no open casket no nothing
2: now i i would make l- sure it was in my will that it was open casket no matter what happened
1: yeah but well, if you get want the blindsided
2: by a bus there's no uh, there's they're gonna see they're gonna scrape it up in fucking snow shovels no i'm and, saying like if, if there's if, if you're
1: blindsided by a bus you have no will
2: how you know i, I don't have one road already
1: well okay if you did then yeah, whatever
2: i don't like, i don't i do not have a will written that's what i'm saying so like, after that, like, so I get slammed by a bus. I'm dead. Hard dead.
1: So like, do we continue on your legacy, or we just chop it off there and say, "Oh, it was a good run." What was what would my legacy be? We're talking about the voice
0: of Martin. Like, say you, you did the voice going. of Martin, and you died. Would
1: you want the voice to be continued on? or would I'd want, want my character, character, the, the character
2: and the voice to live on. So then people would look it up and be like, oh, who did this? Who started this? How has it been around for so long? And then be like, dude was creamed by a bus. No one saw it come in. They just kept on rolling with it.
1: Yeah. like uh, we uh, Let's take a second uh, to give respect to Alex Mackley's dead body. And they'd be like, Okay, well, that's enough. So on to the 50-50 raffle, everyone. Who's got the money? Who's got the money? <laughs> Every Bet on all this thing starting at a dollar. You would get a good 30 seconds of uh, caring about things until I realized that you didn't have any money to give me, and then it'd be like,
2: all right, who's next? Who's next? Johnny, he gave you a bucket of goo. <laughs> You say you'd always want to have a bucket of human goo.
1: <laughs> so in the last, uh, uh, the last Thanksgiving. Everyone dies.
0: Bye.
2: Bye. See you next time. Good night.
0: So long, everyone.